Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of 90s Court. I am one of your hosts, Lisa Monahan. Wanna know? I'm Jack Bandit. The other host. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Andy Clodfelter. I'm the other host of the podcast. Andy. Andy, why does it feel like it's been weeks since we talked, even though it's been literal days? I know. It's like, it's always so weird because we record so far in advance of the episode dropping now that it still feels like. Like it has been a century since we last recorded. I have a very gracious podcast host who knows that, or who who probably does not yet know that storm season means Sunday evenings are usually very yeah. active days for us. So Sundays, I've tried to move it to Thursdays for recording. And sure enough, this week, I'm going to be gone all weekend chasing. So mm-hmm. thank you, Andy. But I support, uh, how I was support your... your love of tornadoes. Uh, I'm glad someone does, because good Lord, I feel like a weird weirdo sometimes but it's so awesome but whatever the case is how was your week andy it was pretty solid uh i mean i worked they gave me money and then they gave me more money and that was good Ooh, i like the money yeah i like the more money part because that was neat because they were like hey like our business did fairly well this year so we're giving everybody a bonus for no reason i mean they do it every year it's just an extra little thing so that's awesome and yourself um, I, I, uh, have had so much coffee that like my teeth hurt, mm-hmm. um, cause like I'm clenching all the time. On. And one of the, one of the listeners of the show, I got, I, I convinced her to buy a big setup. So I am not only corrupting fans with, um, nineties knowledge all week. I'm also hurting their pocketbooks <laughs> mm. with espresso machine setups. So, uh, I'm here to, to hurt your pocketbooks, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Another That's pleasant thought, just cause Lisa brought a pleasant thought. I, I have a, a little cut on my tongue. And I was oh. eating something salty earlier, and it just hurt so bad. I was like, I'm trying to eat on the other side, but it's just like, no. So now you have oh. that pleasant thought in your mind. <laughs> I know exactly how that feels, and like I'm wincing. It's mm. the worst, the worst. Anyways, so. so we do have people that pay to listen to our show. <laughs> Not that they actually they they support the show through that. They yeah. get some bonus content, which we can 100% guarantee you we're gonna have in the next at least in the next week. So we will have yes. content for you guys because we love you and breaking news we have a new a new judge in town um, a longtime bailiff first time judge judge anthony welcome aboard i'm clapping i'm clapping and of course of course our other illustrious judge judge troy i'm also dabbing you can't see this dab judge troy but believe it's good yeah you can't even imagine the dab she's doing right now so so good um and as always thank you to our glorious bailiffs uh bailiff jake what is up? Nate, my man. Tim, good day. Michael, <laughs> hello. Preston, yabba da doo. Yabba da doo. Thank you guys all so much for, for being a part of the Patreon, for supporting us. We'll have more content out for you uh, this coming mm-hmm. week. And then um, also, of course, we have our nice back catalog. So anyone who does want to join in and support the show, you can hop on patreon.com slash 90s court to check it out. And uh, and yeah, you'll be able to hop in and get some back back old episodes that we've done as well for that. So yeah, um, so thank you for that, Andy. And now I'm gonna we did the you, you start off with the good news. Let's go with some bad news real yeah. quick. Um, we're gonna just go ahead and tell you that this episode will mark the end of episode uh, season three, mm-hmm. and we are going to take two weeks off, which means we will be back in three weeks. So two weeks off, back in the third Monday. Um, and why? Because because. Yeah, because because reasons. So here's the great thing about here's the the trick that you guys will learn about podcast seasons. 
Uh-huh. Is that they <laughs> literally mean nothing. <laughs> like unless but this is good. Look at this. If the end of season three is at seventy five, that means like twenty five. Well, like there's like a clear season. a clear break in the storyline in <laughs> episode seventy five. <laughs> it's time to get then we'll have a completely new set of characters in sep in season four. No, it's just yeah, we, we kind of left like it's kind of been a, a theme as we got cut off at about every twenty five episodes just to do that. Mostly mm-hmm. because we do this a lot, guys, and it's nice for us occasionally to just be like, hey, we're going to take a couple weeks off and just that way we're reinvigorated and we'll bring you some hot, hot, juicy action when we come back. That's true. Plus spring break. Plus Gotta get out with the kids. Break. Yeah. We're going to do some like dinosaur drive through thing. I don't, I don't know, know what that means. A lot, a lot of stuff is going to happen. That was I'll sentence. have lots to report. It, yeah, I have a lot. I'll have a lot to report when we get back. But you are done with dinosaur the bad news. Dinosaur drive in. <laughs> Time for we, my thing. Time for Andy's thing. Okay, so once again, as always, doing a deep dive, dive online looking for things. Um, mm-hmm. And I was looking through all these different things, looking to get some interesting movies, some interesting commercials, some interesting TV shows, things like that. And I was like, these are all good, but then I'd have to like think a lot about them. And video games are just so much more fun to look up. So I went, to, mm-hmm. went back to the old video game well because... Frankly, there's just such surprising and amazing games that were made in the 90s that are just, you wouldn't believe they were made. And this is one of those in particular. Okay. This was a game that came out in 1991 that was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System and re-released later on for Sega Genesis in 1995. Okay. So let me tell you a bit of a story for background because I think that's the bigger story than the actual game itself. In the early 90s, it was very clear that video games were here to stay. I'm not going to tell it like a story. Sorry. So (laughs) basically everybody knew like, hey, video games are a big deal. Like after Nintendo kind of saved the day because it was kind of going out of style as soon as Atari basically shut down everything because they were flooded with just bad video games. And Nintendo Mm -hmm. said, hey, we're going to bring in games and we're going to have some quality control over them so it's not just a bunch of big horseshit games. (laughs) So, um, So then suddenly, you know, different different people are like man we need to advertise on there we need to do you know people get the word out because this is what kids love now um and so we need to reach the kids uh some people realize that so the problem was as i mentioned they kind of had a lock on who who could and couldn't make games for their systems um so not any dom tom dick or harry could just be like hey i decided i'm going to make a video game for nintendo no like it's got to be pre-approved and go through them and everything okay um which includes like selling the video games at licensed retailers as well. So in 1991, a game was brought to NES that would do more than just bring you joy in the form of endless entertainment, but also save your mortal soul. Excuse me? Yep. It's also a game that could help help guide you on the path of enlightenment. And this video game was called Bible Adventures. What? Bible Bible Adventures for Bible Super Adventures. Nintendo. Bible Adventures, period. No, not even Super Nintendo. It was the NES. Oh, NES. Which it was a Damn. super late oh, NES game. Gosh. It was 91 for an NES game and then uh, came out again, like I said, in 95 for the Genesis. For the Genesis, yeah. Because here's the thing about the NES. <laughs> so this is going to shock you, but this, this company, Wisdom Tree, who made this game, didn't have permission for this game to be on the nes they just said fuck it let's do it um and i'll go over a little bit more of that here in a little bit because it's actually really clever so um so they found a way to bypass the lockout chip basically 
this company had actually discovered this years before, like in 1988. That was kind of their foundation of the entire company was, hey, we can make games for Nintendo without having to, like, it costs a lot less money to make them that way and everything like that. And there wasn't as much quality control. So they mm -hmm. figured out a way to make games for the NES without their licensing because they basically have found it where whenever the game goes in, when it turns on, it emits like this little shock um, that actually like deactivates the thing briefly. And so you, the game can play. Sounds wild, oh. but apparently it's yes. a thing they did. So they didn't start out as a Christian, uh, Christian video game company. But after realizing after the first several, after the first few years that it was very, very difficult in a marketplace where they couldn't sell at licensed video game retailers, mm. um, they, I guess, decided at some point, hey, let's make this, make Christian video games because there's way more places that we can sell it, you know, at events and conferences and Christian bookstores and different things like that. And... If Nintendo tries to if Nintendo tries to sue us, the entire religious community will be on their ass. So, oh my so basically, Nintendo just let this happen. <laughs> they made wow. several games like for an optics, yeah, an optics because they just were like, wow. you know what, this is not worth even doing it. Like, especially because it's like they're not losing anything by them having this shitty game. So, so not only was this some crazy weird borderline <laughs> pirate activity. Uh, but also the game never sold, never sold in a single video game outlet. So basically, like I said, there'd be like Christian events that would go, you know, like, you know, they have conventions and stuff like that. And, uh, bookstores were the big places for that. I don't know what the sales were on these, but I guess I'm guessing it's probably pretty good. All things considered, just because it was like, Hey, I'm willing to buy this video game for my kid because you know, it has good values in it and everything like that. Yeah. So. Wow. Basically, <laughs> to go over the actual game itself, uh, it's made of th it's composed of three games. It is that are quote unquote loosely based on the Bible, according to the game. Uh, Noah's Ark, Baby Moses, <laughs> and David and Goliath. Loosely based on the Bible. Yeah. Okay. So right. I mean, like basically, what it was was they like would have like a piece of scripture, uh, like the load screen. And then mm -hmm. every time you finish a level, have another piece of scripture that they would Very read. Very cool you. reward. And then, yeah. But the actual video game basically was Mario 2. I just looked at some gameplay of this. is like, that looks like yeah. a, a skin of, of Princess. It really is because yeah. if you look at the top left where their like, health counters are too, it's mm -hmm. the exact same location that the hearts would be on Mario 2. And it's basically just you jump and you pick up shit and like pick up bad guys or, or creatures and throw them. Which is basically mm -hmm. the entire premise of that game as well. Um, so Noah's Ark, you basically go around all these platforms and trees to catch two of each animal and bring them to this drop-off point. I don't know if the guy was bad at playing or what, but it was rough watching him do it because he just kept messing up over and over again. Uh, but yeah, he would drop these animals off at this drop-off point. Um, some of them were easier to catch. They were more docile, but some of them were aggressive, so he'd have to get a cage and catch them in that to get them on the boat. Oh my gosh. Baby Moses. This one was a little weird. Uh, so you're car a woman carrying Moses as a baby through numerous levels, um, having to occasionally <laughs> chuck him to avoid him being owned by enemies so like then she can go pick them up and throw them. So she would just like chuck baby Moses. <laughs> this is my favorite game. <laughs> or drop him off and then just start like go pick up guys and, and kill them by throwing them into each other. Oh my um, gosh. Various getting attacked by birds, spiders, snakes, men with spears, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. And then lastly, David and Goliath. I didn't get to see as much of this. Um, there was only like one coverage of this versus the other ones that had more. Um, mm -hmm. 
basically is a shitload of David and very little Goliath. And when I say that, Boring. I mean like it was like a 30 minute walkthrough and I never saw Goliath once. So what? not sure if they just didn't get to the end of the game or what. So um, basically it's just you run around grabbing critters and chucking them at bad guys and stuff. The end. I, I mean, now if the Bible were more like that, <laughs> for all I'd the be kids, like that. All the kids were like, like, is this, l- is this what I've been missing out on this whole time? If there were less like do unto others and we're like just chuck the shit out of others i'd be like yes this chuck, bible is chuck my the bible shit out of others as they would chuck you yes as they are going to chuck you yes. it's like yes this bible makes sense to me so so the crazy wow. thing like i said is that this game probably did pretty well all things considered um and you know it's it's nice like like i said it's it's probably nice for some parents to be like okay we can we can give you this i mean there's already a lot of kid-friendly games on the nintendo anyways but just mm-hmm. having one more thing to feel like listen i know it's very very vaguely based on the bible but you know and the funny thing it's a quote-unquote christian company but it was 100 percent not a christian company and then they just were like hey we can sell more doing this so we're gonna do that um at least from what i read i don't know if that's a fact but i know that's they switched to that at some point for seemingly no reason so i'm guessing it was probably because of that so did you uh, ever play this game see anyone have it i did not know unfortunately i'm in i live in illinois um not to say that there aren't people who have this but i feel like probably in the south it'd be a little bit more common just because i know they have more conventions and things like that um Mm -hmm. for this where it'd probably be available like i said that's not a shot or anything like that just just saying i I suspect that's probably true right but um some reviews that they received uh (laughs) was that generally the consensus was quote Game uh, that they got bad reviews for quote game bay be- gameplay being broken up by Bible verses, being Boy. highly derivative of Super Mario Brothers two, <laughs> and for generally terrible gameplay. <laughs> but I saw that it was actually rated pretty well, which I really? was surprised by. Yeah, it, it was something like an eighty six percent. I mean, I don't yeah. think it was Metacritic. Maybe it didn't it was... look like it was a bad game by any means. It like I mean, it was Super Mario two, you know, so it was like it had a pretty clear point to it and everything like that. It was just weird, like mm-hmm. <laughs> just all things considered. Yeah. But, anyways, that's it. I just wanted to share that with you because I was looking through the entire Sega Genesis list of games, and mm-hmm. this one came up. And I think the reason that it so they went to Genesis later was because, um, first off, they probably like Genesis. Fuck yeah. And then secondly, <laughs> sorry, secondly, that was a a Bible joke. Um, and secondly, because <laughs> they we're allowed to release game Genesis, let more people release games. It wasn't as tight of a hold on them so they could re-release it that way. So dude, there's a whole job. Like I'm looking at there's whole genres of just Bible mm-hmm. and religion based video games, super 3d Noah's Ark. Wow. What system was that for? Just MS DOS. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. And was also released unofficially as yours was for the SNES. Oh, SNES, unofficially. I just love that, just thinking of, like, there's so many games, like, we've got a fucking stranglehold on who gets games, and then they're like, oh, God, the fucking Bible games again. I guess we just got to let it go. go. (laughs) So Super. Bible Adventures. Oh, no. The cover looks pretty dope, I'll say that. It does, but then you look at it, you're like, I don't want to read about, uh, this is the wrong Genesis I want to read about. I want to read about, like, my, my... my Sega Genesis. My, my Sega Genesis, not the Genesis <laughs> Genesis. But um, Anyways, awesome. Uh, I'm kind of venturing down the same path as you today because oh. I believe it was last week on the show that I had this epiphany of this toy that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. And after the show, I looked it up and found it. And my mind, Andy, was blown 
blown. Okay, so I, I really hope what I'm covering today brings back a flood of memories for at least a few of our listeners because it, it floored me. When I was a little girl, I've loved, 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 loved art and um, drawing. And I was pretty good at it too until I stopped drawing in high school because I was only drawing anime Aww. girls. <laughs> at a certain point, you either like you get to like anime status and then you just fall off. Or you keep going and you get past anime status. And yeah, you're I mean, you're good. just like, I can now draw anime, so I'm good. Like, that's I'm all good. I was looking for. I mean, do you see how good my Pikachu looks? So good right now. Um, so my mom would always shower me with, like, sketchbooks and, like, those, like, crazy art supply suitcase things. You know, like, the, the plastic ones mm -hmm. where you'd open them up. Yeah. But the one thing I got as a kid that was the coolest shit ever that I completely forgot about until last week was something called the VTech Video Painter. Now, I can find basically nothing about it online other than like one commercial for it and a few videos of people who had like an old one from growing up or bought one on eBay. Um, it also was released in 1991. That's a big uh -huh. year for our show this week. Apparently. And yeah, and it was the fucking bomb, Andy. Essentially Whoa. what it was... Do you see what I'm talking? Did you? I just you, looked this... it up. Yeah. So it's not the master painter. I'm talking about the 1991 video painter. Is it just the little plastic board that has like plastic a... board? Uh huh. Yeah. So so yeah, it was, um, it was like a bulky white plastic case with colored buttons on top and like two red semicircles on each side mm -hmm. on the bottom and like some blue buttons here and there. And essentially, what this was was like a first gen. Wacom tablet, a tablet, not like a tablet like you give a kid when you want them to um, shut up, but a tablet like for digital art, right? Excuse me? Digital art. No, before that, when you said what kind of tablet? A, like a regular tablet like, like that you give a kid when you want them to shut okay, up. And by I... that, I mean like a like a Kindle fire, not like medicine. <laughs> Did you say Wacom tablet? Wacom, W-A-C-O-M. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I was looking for clarification on. You Thank you. <laughs> I said a lot of things and I did not catch what you were dropping. Um, <laughs> so the really cool thing here, though, was that what you drew with that pad would show up on the TV screen what? by way of like yeah, sorcery. So I know because it would it would have like video out cables and so it would connect to the back of your TV and then you could subject everyone in the room to your shitty artwork because you're like six or seven years old. They're like, whoa, check out this shitty flower I drew. And Dad like, is just like, fuck me. They're in the fucking championship and I'm watching this fucker draw on my fucking TV. You're like, yes, Lisa, that's again, that's a very good. That's a very good cat. It's like at least your best cat this hour. Yeah. Like, you said yeah, this was going to take four minutes, and it has been 45 minutes, and the game is almost over. But, like, it has so many of the features that, like, you had in um, MS Paint later on, like, yeah. years later, mm -hmm. but available on this tablet that you could put on your TV screen. It was incredible. It had, like, a fill feature. I know this doesn't sound very interesting, but really thinking about it, 1991, oh. this is way ahead of this the time. This is huge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that it kind of feels like it's I don't know, like because normally there's a lot of misguided attempts at technology that looks like it doesn't work. This looks like it works pretty well. Yes. And um, so it would it would be I read on Reddit where someone was like so that the pin and drawing was pressure based. The pin was not battery operated. It was simply just a piece of plastic that you could use because the tablet itself responded to pressure. So someone mm -hmm. at some point was like, well, I lost my pin, but I remember we used a popsicle stick and it scratched the shit out of, their, <laughs> out of the oh, tablet. No. And they're like, it eventually stopped working. But, um, but like, and you could drop in little sprites, which is like clip art. Um, 
and you, and there were puzzles and things that you could do. And I just like, I, for a brief moment, one person on YouTube looked this up or like was playing it and it had like a mouse and some cheese, like a little wedge of cheese. And I distinctly remember this piece of artwork and I wish that the guy would have kept playing because that's so deeply buried in my brain uh -huh. and I haven't pulled it out in about 25 years wow. or more. And to see it today was just like, oh my gosh. But I mean, like, cause like yeah. six, like six years oldish or whatever, like mm -hmm. it, it's hard for me to remember when I'm doing this show sometimes, like thinking about, okay, what time frame is okay. So we had just moved to my new house and man, was I mm -hmm. young when that happened. Like, yeah. like how like young, young, like even like at the time I was like, I am young. Like seven years old, eight years old, I'm starting to think that I'm big shit, but six years old, no, I'm a fucking child. Yeah, yep, we are children. And like, I have a six-year-old right now, and I'm trying to imagine what it would be like. I mean, we don't even have him playing on any Wacom tablet or anything like that, but the fact that you have one for your TV is just like, it was the coolest shit. It's not even that funny. It's just cool, and this yeah. is one of my deepest buried nostalgic memories, and I had to share it. I want anyone who remembers this to please chime in and be like, I fucking had this or I played it or wanted it. Um, Cause it was the, it was the best. And that's my thing. The VTech video painter. Nice. Hey, I just saw thing. this. I just saw this, like one of these photos when I was scrolling down for VTech mm -hmm. stuff. One of them is of this kid that has the VTech painter and there's like a, a big golden, uh, like, like picture frame, picture frame. And then mm -hmm. there's a cactus that you drew in the middle of it. Yes. And I'm like, I remember that, I think, commercial. I think that's what yes. that was. Yes. yes, it's a very iconic commercial. It's mm -hmm. so awesome. So, and like, yeah, it was fun. Like I said, it, it, this and Geo Safari. I know Geo Safari is more my jam and you're not as familiar with it, but. I don't know that. Good. I'll have to look that up. Geo Safari. I'll look yeah, it I'll up say, later. But You could win those on Legends of the Hidden Temple too, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So That's true. Well, so saying that, well, we have, we have a pretty, probably heavy court case coming yeah. up so let's take a break we'll come back with poll results from last week and we'll get started with uh this week's court case sound good i love you ah we're we're, we're giving real emotions this week on the show no I that, like was, it. that was to the fans i <laughs> thought that audience. was gonna be no, my <laughs> closing line but then we just kept going so no nope. i'm, I'm I here to make it, it awkward for you andy he likes you guys very much i think you guys are super neat but i just want to be friends that's <laughs> true all right we'll be all back right. after the break bye Hey, 90s Court listeners, Lisa here. I'm here to talk to you really quickly about a product that I absolutely love and I've used every single day for years and years and years. Let me hit you with a couple of scenarios. Perhaps you're miserable because your partner snores like crazy, or maybe you're a night shift worker who can't get proper sleep during the day, or maybe you live in a really loud and busy downtown area. There's hope for you, and it comes in the form of sleep phones from Acoustic Sheep. I'm not lying when I say I've been using them religiously for years, and they're the sole reason I'm not a crazy person suffering from insomnia. Sleep phones are just ultra soft headphones and a headband that are extremely bed friendly. Side sleepers can also rejoice for you can comfortably block out the sounds of the world while getting some soothing noise-free sleep without hurting your ears. They even have wireless Bluetooth options so you don't get tangled up in cords overnight. I personally connect mine to my phone each night and listen to some white noise to drown out my partner's snores. I'm telling you, I've gifted them to night shift nurses, in-laws, basically anybody with ears that values a good night's sleep. They even have options now that come preloaded with binaural beats or deeply relaxing ASMR content. So you can find something that's just right for you and maybe not even have to connect to your phone at all if you don't want to. Andy and I both use these now and we'd love to help you get some rest too. Go to sleepphones.com and use the code 90 to get $10 off your order of $39 or more. That's sleep 
smartphones.com and the code is 90SCOURT. Sweet dreams. We're back. We did it. We done did it. Yes. And you guys are the recipients of all of the wealth of the things that we did. This is true. Are you ready? <laughs> don't, don't think too much about any of what that means because that is nothing. Um, so, yeah, we're back. And, of course, this time of the uh, episode, we like to bring you kind of the meaty morsel. Like, you kind of got through the breading and everything like that, which, I mean, let's face it, is delicious. But, like, you came here for the meat, right? I don't. I, I, I kind of came here for Bible adventures. I just didn't Bible, know it. I mean, hey, listen, it, I, I could not fault anyone a bit for just eating off the skin and then just <laughs> leaving the rest of it. Just leaving yes. this huge, chunky, like, the, the breast meat behind or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll pick it up and eat it for you, but, you know. True. Whatever. So yeah, here's here's part here's the first part of the breast meat. So uh, we're going to talk about polls from last week. Huge court case last week, by the way. I it was a really yes. really fun case to cover, and more importantly, hearing other people's nostalgia about it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that like everybody still remembers from back then, and it just brings such nostalgia. And like a lot of people said, it was very hard to pick one. Uh, honestly, this one was hard for me too. Yeah, but this. I said but expecting you're going to keep talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Who knows so, I'm good at this? Last week, we covered Guts versus Legend of the Hidden Temple. So let's see how each of them fared. Huh? Let's so on it. Twitter, wound up a pretty close matchup. Uh, 55% to 45% Legends of the Hidden Temple uh, reigned victorious over Guts. Um, on Instagram, very similar. 56% to 44%. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, and hopefully Facebook turned out real big for Guts or else it's going to be a, a sweep. <laughs> Facebook, 65.2% to 38.4.8%. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. So it was a clean sweep. And again, like, there's so many ones where I love both of them. And this is one where absolutely, like, you know, if if either was against anything else, I 100% would have voted for. Like, I would have voted for Guts over like every other game show, but it's just you got to bring the best. Yep. So it was good. It was fun. That was a really nostalgic. I mean, learning about legends of the hidden temple fucking blew my mind. I told Jack all of the um, weird trivia stuff that you, nice. <laughs> that you told me, I was like, this is the craziest fucking game. I, like I had no idea it was so bad, but I mean, I mean not I, so bad, but like, like the, like the 18 hour first day yeah recording. i still love this is like a weird set just thing like kind of derailment but i love on your show uh i listen to lisa's show which is the uh no skips podcast and her and her husband and like, she brings up 90s court like every episode at some point yeah. and he the way he references it and everything like that i'm like i don't even know if he's ever listened to an episode but i he has not okay. he i was just like dude listen to it he's like yeah and he just does it <laughs> Yeah. So I was well, like, that's okay. So he listens to me all day, which is basically like that's listening fair. to half an episode. That's fair. <laughs> and I'm the worst. So <laughs> you're not. <laughs> Anyways, we've got something that just came across my desk. But I'm pumping out. Explosions. Explosions, gunfire. Um, I have to thank Andy for giving in to my weird whim, which was like, I think I want to cover an action movie. 
we've and just we've just started becoming like so like all right fine like just whatever the other one says we're like okay you had an idea good let's do that yeah and i for i don't know why well i know i do know why because i watched um i watched that movie called good time this week with robert pattinson uh it's like an a24 film it's a great movie it's a really great movie but it, mm-hmm. i was just like huh action's not so bad let's follow that lead and keep watching action films and i was like oh I mean, Twister is an action film. It is, but I'm going to go watch real life Twister this weekend. In the meantime, <laughs> I wanted to see people getting shot. So, okay. So this week I proposed to Andy. I was like, what would be good up dark. against speed? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's me. But I was like, what would go? I was like, speed. Speed is like, in my head, the one of the best it's, action films it's of the so 90s. so dope. And it was like, you know, I mean, Anyway, so yeah, it's just there's so many good action movies, a lot of which we've already covered, so it was just kind of hard to pick, but mm-hmm. tell them what we did. We chose uh, Point Break, which is another Keanu Reeves movie, so it's kind of like Keanu versus Keanu. It's just, it really is. It's kind of interesting. It's like, uh, these are kind of his more serious roles after Bill and Ted and everything like that, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times I always just, I forget about speed, and I didn't, I, I'll tell you what, I hadn't seen Point Break, so I just started watching a little bit of it today just so i know at least a little bit about it mm-hmm. um that's very kind of you always, i never do that <laughs> i always think it's like bill and ted and then the matrix and there was like nothing in between there but that is completely incorrect completely yeah. completely incorrect so, in the meantime so so i just I, I decided to go ahead and cover the one i didn't know which was point break and i believe i'm going first yeah. so let's do it to it um Point Break, if you're unfamiliar as I was, is considered a crime action drama thriller. <laughs> Got I, enough genres? Crime can action? What? what? Can I tell you what? After like the first few minutes of watching that show? Yes. That's yes. very fitting. Thank you. Yes. Crime action drama thriller. I was like, <laughs> this is this is a lot. And it really was all of those things. This movie dropped in July of 91. So this is the third time we're talking about 1991. This might be like the earliest film we've covered so far. Um uh. Well, did we cover we covered a 90, 1991? I think we did. Was it from 1990? Did we cover know. it on this show? Yeah. Or was or was that? Uh, I thought that was a Patreon. No, maybe we did it was it. The original. It, yeah, it was a. It was like season one, episode okay. thirteen or something like that. Damn, damn. I think you're right. I think you're right. My brain no works so good. Uh, so July of '91 is when Point Break was released, and the cast is Keanu Reeves as FBI agent Johnny Utah. Gary Busey is FBI agent Angelo Pappas. I, I we talked about Gary Busey like in a super early episode, just briefly, mm-hmm. and just I couldn't believe how many movies he's been in where he isn't just a, a guy who yells. That is one hundred percent how I. That felt. is like the only thing he's supposed to do is yell. Why is he acting? Yeah, what oh, you mean? This guy isn't just Gary Busey all the time. Like he also has a he job. He plays the role of Jerry Busey and Gary Busey <laughs> yeah. in most of his films. Um, so then we also have Patrick Swayze as Bodie, the surfer. Patrick Swayze, Hachi Machi. Uh, Lori Petty as uh-huh. Tyler Endicott. Tyler, uh, uh, Lori Petty, of course, being, um, we've talked about her before, Tank Girl, the chick from Orange is the New Black. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the orca trainer from, yeah, uh, Free Willy. Okay. There. Take me I was going to say, I was like, if it wasn't Free Willy, I'd be shocked. Yes, no, it was her. And then, of course, uh, with special appearances by a lot of other people, including who is the actor that you said from Scrubs? Uh, J- John C. McGinley. Thank you. I was say I, I did not write that Dr. name down. Cox, I was like, my yeah. favorite, my heartthrob. 
Um, so it's, uh, lots of other people in the film, but I really one stands out in particular that was Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? He's a surfer in this film. It's like I mean, a bad guy. It's the it coolest. Fits, but I guess RHCP get it. Let's do it. So Andy, this movie is a whole fucking thing. Andy, okay, this movie has bank robberies, surfing, naked women fighting mm-hmm, bad guys, mm-hmm. shooting, skydiving, mm-hmm. knees that are hurt. Uh, Lori Petty, fire, explosions, someone tossing a dog at someone as a weapon. <laughs> just like the Bible stories. <laughs> just like the Bible stories. Just yeet a dog at someone and be like, get out of my face. Um, so, okay. So we open up as Gary Busey, Agent Angelo Papas, is giving Keanu Reeves, Agent Johnny Utah, the coolest a- agent name ever. I don't know. Tour- I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence between best name ever and worst name ever. And it's, Johnny it's really Utah. Tough. I'm not sure if Johnny Utah is is a cool FBI agent or like a porn star. There is no in between. Um, And so Busey's given uh, Utah, Agent Utah, the tour of the facilities and drops this amazing line at at the new agent, Johnny Utah. He goes, he goes, you're just young, dumb and full of cum. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I noticed that. And I was like, (laughs) was there some background that I missed in the first part of this movie to why he would say full of cum? No, that's just that's just how it is in the FBI, Andy. We just don't get it's it. It's just like that's not an insult. That's just like you have. You just look like someone so who has much, a lot of cum in you them. You just look like you're just ready to pop, my man. I'm like this is so upsetting, <laughs> so deeply, deeply upsetting. So, um, shortly thereafter, dressed in ex-presidents' masks, which is the coolest shit, these four dudes begin to rob a bank, and this scene is dope. It's like mm-hmm. total Joker-style chaos in terms of like the mayhem and Tom, you know, tomfoolery, and it's all happening during a fucking robbery. Like the lines they shoot are cool, and like the. Oh, it was awesome. And this is also the first time I've seen Gary Busey as an actor and not an insane person just named Gary Busey. Like this uh-huh. whole this whole this whole movie is just the craziest thing, but like um oh, I guess he was in Rookie of the Year too, which we talked that was why we brought him up was super Busey early. Was? Yeah, Gross. he was he was like a good like fatherly figure in it too, like which was even different. This one he was at least a little Gary Busey Busey ish. This is this true. One. Yes, he was a little unhinged and just kind of a bad actor. So so as an FBI agent, Gary Busey's character, uh, Angelo Papas, has been working this robbery for a while because these four robbers have been routinely getting banks. And his whole theory is like, well, they only, you know, the robberies only happen in the summer. And the dudes that wrote, uh, that one of the dudes who was one of the robbers wrote thank you on his, on his ass was okay. some type of wax um that was identified to be one of three types of wax being like surfboard wax oh and and Busey was like they're surf- surfers and so he did have um, a big tan line i think he like a like almost sunburn on the top part of his body and then his butt was like super pale yes yes there were a lot of telltale signs here so to infiltrate the surfer scene they sent um agent uh johnny utah keanu reeves in in to learn the ropes and all the lingo of a surfer and so in learning how to surf, he nearly dies, but is rescued mm-hmm. by the one and only Lori Petty, who, of course, is playing, what did I say? Tyler Endicott. We'll just call her Tyler. Um, so he lies to Tyler to convince her to teach him how to surf and then cue this, like, amazing cut sequence of them on the water surfing. And it's, like, the most Californian thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. But then... Suddenly, Agent Johnny Utah spots a dude surfing the hell out of some waves. This guy's name is Bodie. And Tyler's like, he's a savage. And it turns out it's Patrick Swayze who's playing Bodie. Um, God 
damn, Patrick Swayze is a hot sack of meat in this film. I was just like, I had no idea he was so hot in the 90s. Jeez. I just didn't know. I just remember him from like uh, Dirty Dancing. I was like, meh. Mm. And then I just never paid attention to him again. And then here he comes as a surfer dude. And I'm like, how do I order that on the extra value <laughs> million? 30 years ago. So he's just, dead now. I just, I'm so broken by the, that sentence that I just said. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. But he's dead now. R.I.P. The Sways. Um, at least I'm pretty sure he's dead. So Bodie is the leader of like a little gang of surfers and they're reluctant to befriend Agent Utah, but somehow Bodie, so, okay, somehow Bodie recognizes Johnny Utah as a former college football star who had quit after encountering a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess that's a thing that you, like, I, I couldn't tell you like any college football players would be like, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, seven years ago, had a knee oh, injury. Man, I remember you were doing this. So good, then you got the ACL sprain, and you just really you lost the big game, and everybody was was disappointed in you. Guys, go easy on him. I know he's not like us, but he has a <laughs> knee injury because he's a former collegiate football player, and I remember this for some reason. So, um, uh, where were so so, um, oh crap, where am I in my notes? So Bodie and his crew start letting him into the group a little bit, and Agent Utah is like, oh hell yeah, surfing is like the best shit ever. Um, and then he identifies a group of what appear to be like super rowdy surfers as a pack oh, the of bad four. boys. Of course, the there's the boys. bad boys. Yeah, there's like and like he, they might be the robbers. So like they end up staking them out at their home, and a full blown shootout with them and the FBI occurs. In which this is the scene where like naked ladies in the shower start beating the shit out of like FBI agents, and Anthony Kiedis's character gets shot in the foot. Um, and there's also like there I was watching this last night and there was one sequence here in this fight with the FBI where one of the surfers who are like like I thought surfers were chill these dudes are awful like one of them zero chill yeah no chill they get into this huge brawl in the front yard and the lawnmower gets knocked over but it's still going and like one of the surfers is trying to push Keanu Reeves's face into the blades and I'm like oh I can't stand I cannot stand that this is scene. the least chill thing ever to be like this is the only weapon I have available and it's the most fucked up thing I could possibly do I was just like guys have you heard of weed can you just smoke some weed and chill out and stop putting people's faces in the lawnmower blades please just a little bit just Anyway, just... so turns out those dudes were just drug dealers and, and not robbers, oh, but they no. were still surfers. So <laughs> so a couple people died for nothing. Oops. um, They were not the bank robbers. So one day while watching Bodie and his team surf, Agent Johnny Utah begins to think that like they're the ex-president's robbers, um, given like how they move and how also during one of the surfing sequences, one of them moons the other one. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like those are the dudes. just like that ass. I would recognize that ass anywhere. That's an ex-robber's ass. So um, so during a stakeout of a bank, Utah and Papa's, Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves, end up catching the ex-president's guys on a robbery. And it starts this massive chase sequence, which features crazy scenes like um, cars getting their tires popped by, you know, those... Um, like the you know the toll spikes. booths or something yes yeah. uh, a robber using a gas pump like a blowtorch that was toll the coolest booth. shit and then one of the robbers throws an angry dog at Agent Utah <laughs> what it's he's like they're Hold just because they're doing they're on Hold. a go ahead no I need a, I need a setup for this specific scene where a 
angry dog was thrown at Keanu Reeves. So so Johnny Utah, Keanu Reeves, is uh-huh. on a foot chase after uh-huh. all the cars like blow up and are having trouble and, and and are down and out. But one of the one of the four ex presidents robbers takes off and Johnny Utah's hot on his tail and they're I mean like it is a crazy foot chase that, that lasts like uh-huh. forever. They're going through neighborhoods, stores, and like multiple people's homes, jumping over fences, backyards, and then as they're exiting one home, I guess there was a dog and the robber grabbed this big angry pit bull and threw it at Keanu Reeves as he came out of the house. The amount of time you would lose picking up that big of a dog and chucking it is so... Yeah, it's like, shouldn't you just be concerned about getting away from the dog? But instead you picked it up and used it as a projectile, and I appreciate that creativity, sir. So they end up this this chase sequence ends up hopping like ends with them hopping into an aqueduct, which causes John Utah's knee injury to flare up. Okay, oh, no. and instead of shooting the robber, at one point they have the sequence where they just stare at each other because he's like laying there in agony in his knee and he stares at the robber and the robber he has like him at gunpoint like he's got his gun on him mm-hmm. and then Utah just points up to the sky and starts shooting the sky and the guy just takes off. It's like why didn't you just shoot his ass? Damn it. So was it because he was worried that maybe it was one of his really close friends that he surfs with? Can you imagine? Maybe that was the plot twist all along. So um, let's see. Where are we in the notes? So that night at a campfire on the beach, it's confirmed that Bodie and his crew are, in fact, the ex-president's robbers. And and Tyler, which is Lori Petty's character, discovers that Johnny Utah is an agent and breaks shit off. So um then Andy, then yes. the surfers and Agent Utah go fucking skydiving for some reason. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Lisa. I'm ready. If there was a very long foot chase with Agent Utah chasing these people, did not they not just like recognize him? Be like, oh, he's an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, he knew immediately. So, so Bodie, Bodie was like, Bodie was the one he was chasing, um, of course. And okay. and Bodie's like, well, yeah, it's 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 Agent Johnny Utah. And Johnny Utah's like, it's the next president guy. I don't know who it is yet. Uh-huh. I need some water. So um, so they they go skydiving. And then after the jump, Bodie is like, I know who you are. And he reveals that. Oh, I, I didn't mention earlier. That, As I'm they sorry. were plummeting to the earth, definitely wind th- blowing past them. Okay. After. They have like a super cool bro moment in the sky. And then they hit the ground. Bro-ment. Yeah, Bromit. Thank you. You're what a welcome. great portmanteau. I forgot to mention that Lori Petty character, Lori Petty's character Tyler and um, Utah Johnny Utah have be- have entered into a relationship now. So oh, not okay. only is he surfing the scene, but he's you know, you know, messing around with you know Tyler on the side. So um, Bodie reveals that Tyler is being held hostage, and that if Agent Johnny Utah does not go on another robbery with his crew, that they'll have Tyler killed. <laughs> Andy, I'm this sorry. movie went on for two hours, and like at this it's... point in the movie, I was like, "Is this over yet?" <laughs> this is such a long movie. Such a like like so many twists in, and they're like, "Here's a twist on the twist that we twisted." Is we're gonna keep twisting it? We're just like just, just like you thought this 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 purple nurple was only gonna go like a one and a half four rotations, but we're on number three on three six. and a half at this point. I'm not sure that I wasn't watching the movie Twister. For how many twists and turns there were in this film but so okay so the robbery agent utah goes on the robbery with them and it all gets foiled by an off-duty cop and a bank guard would and both of them both of those two end up dying but one of the ex-presidents gets shot as well and 
And Good. so, um, yeah, but so Bodhi is like, what the fuck? And he is like, we got to leave. And so Agent Utah is about to get arrested for his participation in the robbery, which he was blackmailed into. But then he and Agent Papas are like, no, we got to go to the airport and get Bodhi because they're on their way to Mexico for some reason. And we and they have another shootout and then an airplane gets held at gunpoint, but then they take off anyway. And then, Andy, there's another skydiving scene. <laughs> Two I don't, I skydiving don't get scenes. It. I don't get it. What? What's not? What's not to get? Andy, you just fucking skydive when you're in trouble. Okay. This is just so many things you've listed of like different things that I, are insane things to happen. I know. the The more I watched, I was just like, "Did this happen already?" I go, yes, it did. It's like, but why is it happening again? It's like, who knows? It's like, I reasons. bet you they love this the first time. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do. Oh my gosh. So there are. Um, let's see the. Where are we? Da, 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 da. Why are my notes so small? So Bodhi and Utah end up landing together after a spat in the sky. And then, of course, after the landing, Agent Utah's knee flares up again, which lets Bodhi escape. Okay. And then somehow, nine months later, Agent Utah tracks Bodhi down at a beach where he's about to surf some crazy waves because he had heard there was mm-hmm. going to be like a 50-year storm. Um, he was like, I gotta surf it. And of course he just comes to him on the beach and drops the ex-president's mask in front of him. Like, and then they just start talking to each other and then they get into a fight. And then somehow Agent Utah handcuffs himself to Bodhi, and Bodhi's like, No, no, don't do it to me, man. I really gotta surf this wave. Like, I know I'm going down, but let me surf this wave. And for some reason he's like, Okay. And he just lets him go. And then Bodhi dies true. in the surf, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> That's the end of the movie, Andy. <laughs> no. Bodhi dies. And all like all these agents are swarming the beach. Like, why would you do that? And he just walks away. He's like, gotta let him surf, I guess. And I like, randomly love surfing now. I, like, you guys fucked up by having me get into the surfing place because I love it. And this is what it is. So he just let him go. And that was it. That was the end of the fucking movie, Andy. That was I point guess it break. Was just, I think it was like that they, I mean, they, they wanted to get away with like, Patrick Swayze being a bad boy, but not like the bad guy. Not the it, baddest boy. It feels like yeah. he was a bad boy, less so than a bad guy in that one. Um, and so they were kind of trying to make it like him and Keanu were super cool, though. They like they're super bros. Super yeah. bro. Like the fact that they never killed each other when they had the chance several times over. Yeah. It's just like they just secretly loved each other. But it was in the end, the it's, love for the ocean. Every time they saw each other, like whenever they were about to kill each other and then didn't, like that you need to have like a cut to uh, my heart will go on. <laughs> exactly. Down. And like I know I know, I went pretty long. There's, there's some funny trivia, um, only that Patrick Swayze was a skydiver and he, he did – that was like his fucking thing. So that, of course, that was part of it. So Swayze, he's like, we have to do this at least twice. <laughs> we have to do this at least twice or you cannot give me on. Um, Patrick Swayze refused to use a stunt double. Um, so that was that was cool, at least for the at least for the surfing scenes. So um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was just it was just the whole. Th- oh, here is according to Gary Busey, Patrick Swayze was so nuts about skydiving that he actually badgered him until he gave in and agreed to go with him after filming. <laughs> Jesus. skydiving was a big thing with this but listen that's point break i've never heard of this film before i watched it last night i'm glad it's over with it was a wild ass movie the end <laughs> the end. the end i want to hear about speed because i've seen it like twice and i don't remember anything about speed. it speed <sighs> okay let's do it speed 
going to give you a few stats, and then we're going to get into a summary of the movie, which I took far too many notes for, but I'll try and make it short. Mm-hmm. Speed came out June 10th, 1994. Booyah. Okay. Big year for movies, as we know. Mm-hmm. $30 million budget. $350.4 million box office. Oh, my so gosh. It did, it did okay. It did Mine only okay. made, like, my budget was, like, 20-something, so, and it made rated 80. R, though, too. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's part of it. But it is also, it wasn't as good of a movie, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> directed true. by Jan DeBont. Sound familiar? Uh, because they also directed Twister <gasps> um, a couple years later. <laughs> and if you guys haven't listened to it because you're like, oh, I have to go to a different feed. Go to the fucking Black Case Diaries feed and listen to Lisa and I's, uh, where we both mutually came together to cover Twister. It oh, was a super so fun, fun app, and there was genuinely a lot of really cool information about the movie, too. So, mm-hmm. the film won two awards, uh, Oscars for surprisingly just for sound effects and uh, sound effects editing and best sound for a movie. Okay. Which apparently was because, I mean, that year so many freaking movies came out, there was just no chance to win anything else, unfortunately. That's true. Okay, now to get into the summary. So the movie starts out, oh no, there's some bad guys in this corporate building. So they're just apparently just ominously uh, pressing pressing a button, exploding cables on an elevator, which causes the elevator to drop several floors and then stops. And there's this weird like hostage kind of situation where he's going to blow the freaking elevator if they don't pay him like one point some million dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. So Keanu, Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels <laughs> of course, as the bad boys of this film as they burst onto the scene in a really shitty old cop car with a makeshift light on top um, flying into the scene and they hit it really hard on the ground just to get the point across that these are bad boys and loose cannons. Um, but their their job is to fix those, to save those motherfuckers. There's so many other cops there, but those two are the ones that are going to save them because old... Old Daniels, Jeff Daniels, knows a thing or two about bombs. Sure. And Keanu Reeves is just good at everything. So um, so they go down this shaft, basically, to try and you know get to the top. They're like, oh, damn, there's so many explosions on this elevator. Um, <laughs> and so they're like, what are we going to do? And there's this thing throughout the movie, like this thing where um, there's this question that Jeff Daniels asks to Keanu for like no reason. That just seems weird. Where he's like, you're in a situation where there's a hostage and he's holding this the the hostage like from 30 feet away and he's getting ready to go onto a, a plane where he's going to hijack the plane. What do you do? And then he's like, shoot the hostage. And they use that reference like five times during the movie is that same little story that he told him. Hmm. Um, and so in response to that, he's like, no, there's another solution. Um, so he's like, just take this, the hostage out of the situation. So he ran to the top of the top floor of the building, got this huge crane that had like a hook that was attached to the top of the building and then brought the hook down through the elevator shaft and hooked it to the elevator so that even if it blew, it would still be held up by that. So it would be fine. Um, so unfortunately they did blow it and it wasn't fine. I mean, it was kind of fine a little bit, but like the elevator was definitely falling because that, um, that hook that was holding it up, the thing that was holding it was kind of breaking off. And so, like, the elevator kept going down, like, slightly a little bit every time. And they ran down to a lower floor and got a door, like, pulled open manually. And so this is the part where they're rescuing the hostages. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're very slowly getting them out one at a time as every time, to- every few seconds, like Ugh. the elevator goes down just a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and threatening to fall. And they get this one lady who's like, no, I'm scared. And at the very last second, she gets in there and almost like I'm just thinking like that is going to be so graphic if that elevator drops when she's halfway out. the fucking oh. thing. But she did. They didn't. Luckily, they got her out in the nick of time and she was saved. <sighs> so. They figure out after all that's done, they're like, wait a minute. Hey, wait a second. The only way they could be broadcasting that is if they were still in the building. Um, and so they figured out that they that the bad guy, Dennis Hopper, which I will say this, I, there's things in trivia about it, this and it's fine. But like mm-hmm. I, I was like the entire time I was like, Dennis Hopper is the least intimidating bad guy, <laughs> like considering how menacing and like successful this guy was at like everything he did in this movie dennis Mm -hmm. hopper was not very intimidating um so he's on a freight elevator and apparently they just mismanaged the shit out of the situation like you would think they're like okay we've got him we just go to the top and we like point guns at him and say hey you're arrested but instead like they just totally fuck it up and uh jeff daniels falls into the elevator he's holding him hostage and um keanu has to get back into and then they're walking him out. They get the upper hand, and they're pointing a gun at him. Basically, here's the thing. Dennis Hopper escapes, um, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they 100% should have gotten him. Um, and so he goes away. So they get they get honored for being super dope at this this uh, cop ceremony <laughs> for being good at <laughs> cops. Um, being good at cops. Being good at copping. <laughs> um, so then they're, uh, then Keanu is heading out. <laughs> And he meets with this, he's like at a restaurant and meets an old bus driver friend of his, just kind of like, you know, he's joking and showing, oh, this guy's really great. And Keanu likes him a lot, which is literally a, the only reason they did that was just so there'd be a little bit of stakes whenever that bus exploded and killed the driver. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> it just happened, like right after he left, they finished talking and the guy got into the bus to pull off and it just exploded. And Keanu's like, oh, cool. And then a payphone starts ringing. Um, this is this sounds nuts. Like it's just like yes. saying all these things one at a time. It's just action nonstop. Like and that I mean that's the thing is it's a great movie because of that. But it's just so much happening in this movie. So the phone the play phone's ringing and it's uh, Dennis Hopper being like, like it wasn't just about the money. Now this is personal. You're a fucker, Keanu Reeves. But I guess you can try and save the day. There's a bus that's has an explosives on it that will activate the second it goes over 50 miles per hour, and that if it goes under 50 miles per hour after that, will explode. Okay. Normal so, stuff. Fortunately, Keanu Reeves uh, gets the number of the bus. So he gets that numby and he goes and heads off. <laughs> so they cut to the bus where the bus is just getting ready to take off. So you meet a lot of the passengers as they're getting in there. Particular Sandra Bullock, who finally makes her way to the bus. She's like, oh, thank God I made it. So happy. And then she's sitting next to fucking Cameron from P- Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Alan Oops. Ruck, which I was, also, I will always call him Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, because I don't know the name of any of these characters in this movie, so I just call them by their uh, either real name or in his case is Cameron. Totally um, understand. So basically, he's a tourist and he's kind of annoying. So you just learn about some of the different characteristics of the characters in the bus. Um, cut to Keanu making a mad dash to get to get to the bus in his car. Um, luckily, the bus is on the freeway at this point. Which is luckily and unlucky because, obviously, it's unlucky because they're going to go over 50. And it's unlucky because, I mean, it's and it's lucky because they have more room. Because if you're in town, you're definitely going to have to go under 50 at some point. 
Um, so they're on the interstate and Keanu is just like trying to get the bus's attention so he can get on board or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he realizes, oh shit, they've already gone over 50. So I definitely have to get on and they tell him not to slow down. So he eventually gets on there, jumps on, uh, through a lot of hijinks, um, stealing this other guy's car. Um, and the, the second he gets on, it's so weird because he gets on, he's like, don't worry guys, I'm LAPD. I'm here to help. And then some random guy just assumes that he's, like, busting this guy on the bus for being a drug dealer or something. Because this guy just gets, like, real weird immediately, pulls out a gun, and points it at Keanu Reeves. He's like, whoa. He's like, dude, I'm not here for you at all. Like, And so he's, like, talking <laughs> the guy down, and then one of the, the people on the bus tackles him, which causes the guy's gun to go off, and he shoots the driver. Whoops. <gasps> Oops. So that guy is, is Of everyone gonna, on the bus. Thanks, Yeah, asshole. that guy's going to have to go. Which is basically their plot point to make it so that Sandra Bullock was important <laughs> so yes. that she could be the driver <laughs> of the bus. Um, so now she and Keanu are BFFs because they're sitting there talking. And Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off because they're like, oh, he's the other, the other person that we know as an actor. Um, let's have him do some stuff, too. So he would help them by talking to the FBI and or the, the police on the phone um, back and forth to kind of communicate. Um, let's see. So basically just an insane series of events happen. I, there's mm-hmm. so many different things I could tell you. Um, so there's first off, there's like, they're driving through town and stuff like that. At some point, Sandra Bullock drills a baby carriage. Um, and it's like just fucking devastated. And then Keanu Reeves looks back and apparently was just a homeless person with cans. <laughs> so she's oh. like, it's fine. Oh uh, gosh. Otherwise it was like, damn speed. Yeah. Um, so things get weird. Popo are following the bus, and they he'd been talking to Dennis Hopper on the phone, um, and Dennis Hopper agreed to let the bus driver go as an act of good faith. And so they let him off, and then apparently the police got real like ambitious and were like, we're going to take somebody else off. And so they try to get this lady off the bus, and then uh, just to show they like that, hey, I you guys can't do that, Dennis Hopper blows up like a smaller explosion that's just right at the door, and it drops out the floor beneath <laughs> beneath right. the lady, and she just falls into the bus and dies. <gasps> oh my gosh, I don't remember. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then everybody's pretty stressed, um, which made, was made worse by the fact that like the popo who had gotten them on this interstate because like this is the best place to be for you guys because mm-hmm. you can just ride openly for a really long time. And then suddenly the police just remembered, oh, yeah, I forgot the freeway isn't finished. <laughs> no. Because it's, it's just something you forget just casually. As you uh, do. But it's it's weird that we sent you guys here, but here we are. So yeah, um, there's a gap in the road that is like 50 feet wide and just like a huge drop to the ground uh, below, like on a bridge. And so Keanu's like, fuck, I don't know. Let's jump it. Uh, so... Wow. This bus has a maximum speed of 70 miles an hour. Yes, 70. And so they're fucking flooring it going up to this this uh, bridge thing. There's no ramp, by the way. There's no incline. Like, I'm looking when they keep showing the bridge. It's, like, straight across. There's no, like, you Just go flat. up a little bit. They even said, like, oh, there was a little bit of an incline, so it might help us ramp it. But no, there wasn't. it was just not true. And then <laughs> the, the thing with the bus, like, the cut scene of the bus flying over is unfathomably weird it's <laughs> just like it's so goes so high and it, you're like there is no physical way it could have done that but it's a movie so fuck it yeah 
So uh, he then finally takes a, a turn off to get to LAX where he can basically do laps on the runways with less fear of that. So they're just kind of doing laps around. So Keanu uh, gets a call from Dennis Hopper. Um, they're going to, he said he's going to get off the bus so that way he can go help um, get the money to Dennis Hopper. But he really didn't want to do that. He actually wanted to pull some weird bullshit of trying to go into the bus and dismantle the bomb. So he's under there talking to, to Jeff Daniels about bomb shit. And, of course, more suspense occurs whenever, like, the bus is going to almost kill Keanu when he's under there. Um, he ends up, there's, they have, there's like a drop, like a place where you can pull up the board and it leads right to the bottom of the bus, as you mm -hmm. do, you know, because that's just totally. a normal thing on a bus. Yes. Um, totally safe thing to have. So they pull it up and then pull Keanu back into the bus. And he's like, fuck, well, I guess I'm back. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, like, I guess they um, they saw this watch that was on the bomb and they're like, I know that. That, I don't remember how they found this place, but they're like, that would go to this house. I don't know why, but they basically traced it to this house. What? And so there's a bunch of police, including Jeff Daniels, who break into this place. And they're like, here we are. We found Dennis Hopper. Let's open this door. And then they didn't find Dennis Hopper. Instead, they found a bomb that exploded instantly and in the most unceremonious way possible killed Jeff Daniels. What? Such a major character in the movie. And they're just like, well, he died kind of off screen. Not a big deal. That's a wrap on him, lol. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah, so Keanu finds out there's a uh, video camera on the bus that's been watching them. Like, oh, no wonder he's been able to keep track of us and everything. So he basically tells the police about this, and they find out. And so they are able to, through absolute magical sorcery, um, the local news, agent, news station is be able to, quote, uh, intercept the communication of the video camera like the broadcast mm, and so okay. they're watching it and then they record like a one minute uh section of them just sitting as still as possible on the bus and doing nothing suspicious um and then they're just going to put that on a loop and broadcast that to dennis uh, to uh it's a dennis hopper wow so then they're able to they don't slow that bus down because they still have to keep it going above 50 but since he's he can't see then they start having another vehicle drive next to it with a board between it and the uh, people that are on the bus are exiting. And so everybody finally gets off at the last second, except, of course, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, because some fucked up shit start happening to the bus, like some tires keep blowing out, and so they kind of lost control a little bit. So they decide to do some MacGyver shit to get off. And as I mentioned, you know, there was the hole in the bottom with like a metal plate. They use that basically as like a glorified surfboard. Mm -hmm. And they basically just like rid it uh, rode it onto the ground and just like as the bus truck like went over them and just kept driving forward insane and the bus eventually went through an airport hangar and then ran directly into an airplane and the biggest explosion you've ever fucking seen like <laughs> it like when you see these things now and like when you realize now these old movies you're like how much did it cost to do that, the, nobody asked for it, and you just you said we're gonna bring it anyways. And so there was the huge explosion of one, a bus exploding, and B, a fucking uh, airplane exploding at the exact same time. So much money, so, so much time and planning. Oh my gosh! So here's the thing: so you think like, well, at least the the movie's pretty much over, and then they're like, oh wait, we can still find Hopper. Um, so they basically pretend like they're going to do the drop-off because Dennis Hopper doesn't know that the bus 
um, basically that they all got rescued because he's still looking at the old footage of the the run through of them doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So they take the money to the drop point and drop it off in this little uh, garbage bin. And then Dennis Hopper, like, like you said, I'm going to check to see if anybody's there because if there are, you know, I'm not, you know, then I'm going to blow up the bus. And so he looks out and there's just fucking snipers everywhere. Like that are just in clear plain sight. And you're like, why guys, like <laughs> you had one job. You had to stay out of the fucking view. There was no reason for this. Um, Hopper realizes what happened and is like, fuck all this. And then he goes downstairs to leave to go to his like secret hideout and then he's like oh there's sandra bullock just standing on the side of the street by herself what? i don't know yeah she just happened to be there of so he course. takes her as this is the crazy it's just like i don't remember this part of the movie but it just feels like it's so much extra like we were we were good after the bus scene and we just really you just we had just to keep going. It going yeah, yeah. so then there's this huge uh thing where they realize that the the money that they dropped down in that uh trash bin He'd actually put a hole on the bottom of it so that it actually went down to a lower tunnel below. Of and course. so when they dropped it in there, it went down there and he just got it, you know, from underground. And he had a bomb strapped across the chest of Sandra Bullock that was controlled by a dead man switch. Are you familiar with that? No. Okay. So rather than you like pushing a plunger, pushing something down or whatever to make it explode. It's mm-hmm. something where if you, you're holding it and you have to hold this thing down and the second that your hand like loses grip on it, it explodes. Oh, so if like somebody okay. killed you, then it would explode. So um but there's not a lot of consistency with this because he's <laughs> he's like try, he's he's like in one scene saying like really emphasizing these dead man switch, and in the very next scene he's running through the subway, um, like shooting his submachine gun around and everything like that, and he's just not holding the switch anymore for that brief scene. And then he's back on the bus. And then when they show him back on the subway, he has it again. So I'm like, well, you could have done a little better job. <laughs> could have, should have, but didn't. They didn't, though. So cue battle scene on the train, including, of course, the top of the train. Um, she's locked on the, the subway and Keanu goes and fights him on the top of the train. I This guy just seems like an old man. And I don't know why he's actually really competitive at fighting Keanu Reeves in this situation. <laughs> okay. But he does. And like luckily he's got the bad upper hand but then keanu sees this big like uh almost like a traffic light like a big red light coming up mm-hmm. that's on the top of the subway and so he suddenly starts holding up dennis hopper like so he can't like look down or whatever and dennis hopper doesn't realize what he's doing until the last second he's like oh there's a thing and then he just loses his head <laughs> oh oh my gosh are you Flies serious up. And then he comes back in, and she asks where Hopper went, and he says, he lost his head. Um, but wait, there's more. Because <laughs> like I said, ready. there's too much. Like, there's like we, this was not enough action. We need a little bit more. Again. Do we? The subway track was not finished. Like, what? first oh, and my- ten, do it again. Sure, the road wasn't finished, but let's do it with a subway now. Why are we doing it? Why? <laughs> What city is it supposed to be where none of the fucking, fucking anything is done? It's Los Angeles, apparently. So, yeah. L.A. Yeah. So, basically, oh my Keanu Reeves just said, well, listen, no matter what I do, it's going to work out regardless of science. So, let's just speed up the train and it'll jump the track and fall safely somewhere else. Which was the most insane thing ever because, like, there's a curve. So, it'll exit the track before the end of the track where it would plummet us to the death. Mm-hmm. So, he's randomly right because it's a movie. Um, they're fine, 
They go flying out of this, uh, out of the tunnel, basically, onto the street up above. And it's just this one car with them sitting in it, making out at the end because they realize, like, hey, we're really into each other now because of all this experience. And wow. then she makes a joke about them having a ton of sex. The end. She she makes a joke about it. Yeah, she kind of, like, said, like, he's like, you know that relationships based on uh, stressful situations don't actually work out. And she's like, well, well, that's okay. We'll just base this one on having sex. <laughs> Something what like that. What the hell? It was a great comment. So, what the hell? Yeah, I got to get through trivia. I'm sorry. This is just no, 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 no. Don't apologize. I'm glad you covered speed. I don't remember it being such Oof. a train wreck. It's just, it was just so many things, guys. It was just so many things. Too many things. And a train wreck, yes, literally also. Yes. Um, there was an instance where a schoolboy saved the lives of a school bus full of kids. And this is in real life, like um, closer to the present time now. Okay. When the, his driver had a heart attack on the school bus, um, the kid then climbed on the driver's lap, jumping on the brake pedal and pulling the bus to the side of the road, um, saving the day of all these kids. When asked okay. later why he did it, he told them he had seen, quote, that bus movie, end quote, <laughs> At halftime during the NFL game, there was a ceremony honoring the boy as a hero. Uh, I just thought that was amazing. That it's like I saw speed, so I did it. I did yeah. the thing. Keanu Reeves did approximately ninety percent of his own stunts, which yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. The bus jump scene was done twice, as the bus landed too smoothly the first time, because the bridge apparently was actually there, but then they digitally erased it, so it wasn't actually like a big open place where if they missed it they would fall to their doom <laughs> so it was actually yeah. like it so they uh they landed it really smoothly the first time so like we need to just make a little look a little bit more janky the next time so they did it a second time wow keanu reeves initially turned down the lead as he found the original script to be too much like die hard um okay. he then signed on after jan debont brought in josh whedon to rewrite the entire script who weirdly enough despite rewriting the entire script remained uncredited I think he just what? asked for that, so that okay. was a weird, weird call. Um, Jan Tabont cast Dennis Hopper because he didn't want a typical villain. He wanted Payne to be a regular guy who just snapped one day. Okay. So apparently that was just the guy who just was like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of playing by the rules. Okay. So, um, let's see. Oh, yeah. They suggested the Graham Yost that his script when he presented it to Paramount Studios, which called for the movie to end after everyone got off the bus. They said it had too much bus in it. Too much bus. <laughs> Implying that the audiences would not go for a movie in which a bus is driving around for two hours. <laughs> so They don't know people who are commuting to and from work, yeah. but okay. okay. And so that is the reason that they added all of the bonkers uh, extra scenes at the end with the fucking subway scenes and everything. Wow. Um, it was later uh, modified and then sent to 20th Century Fox, which agreed to do the movie. Unreal. <clears throat> John Jan DeBont cast Keanu Reeves as Jack Travern after seeing him in Point Break. He felt mm. the actor was vulnerable on the screen. He's not threatening to men because he's not that bulky, and he looks great to women. Those are all fair I don't know assessments. I you're worried about, like being threatening to men in a movie <laughs> well they saw patrick swayze they're like whoa 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 we can't hire that guy no. that old meat sack you can't have too many meats meat pounds so too many meat pounds yeah for the bus jump scene a ramp was built the bus started from about one mile back and accelerated towards the ramp by the time it hit the ramp it had reached a speed of 61 miles per hour 
It traveled 109 feet, and its front wheels reached an altitude of 20 feet off the ground, which was actually higher than anyone had anticipated. So they kind of missed the front end of the bus while it was going over because the camera was positioned to be lower because they weren't expecting it to go so high. So the scene looks a little bit weird. Um, But it reached apparently a lot farther than we expected. I'm glad that we knew this was all going to happen before we launched a bus into the air. (laughs) It's fine. I'm glad we tested those theories. Yeah. This film was released one week before O.J. Simpson led Los Angeles police (gasps) on a chase in his white Bronco. No way. Really? After the Bronco chase, many audiences who saw the film in the theaters noticed how closely scenes from the film resembled real-life Bronco chase, including media coverage and aerial shots of Los Angeles freeways. Wow. Although it was not part of the original screenplay, Keanu Reeves and Jan DeMont agreed that miming gum chewing was an ingenious way for to foreshadow Jack Traven's quote gut feelings. So like whenever he would like pause or like have like a bad feeling about something or something like that, he would act like he was chewing gum and then kind of slow down with the chewing. And it would kind of like almost add a sense of like him realizing something mm. without having to just have him say that out loud. Um, okay. So apparently he does that. He just pretends to chew gum sometimes to show sure. his feelings on screen. Duh. Lastly, the plane at the end of the movie cost $80,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I, a plane... Honestly, that's still pretty low. But, I mean, it yeah. clearly was not a functioning working plane. Um, it was just that the bus was loaded with a ton of explosives and blew it up. So I'm guessing they probably put explosives on the on the plane, too. So Yeah. But uh, wow. but yeah, that's uh, that's speed, fam. That's I'll say speed. this as much as ridiculous as it was me reading it because I was covering a movie that just had so much fucking going on because there were just so many things you couldn't leave out, you know, because there were so many important different things that happened from from start to finish mm-hmm. that you couldn't skip over anything. So um, it was a good movie. I like it. It was well. I'm glad you covered it. I'm glad we got speed out out from under our belts. It's good. Out from under one. that, we had it like know. just strapped in under the belt, and we were just like, "We need to get this the fuck out of here." It's true. I didn't get decapitated during, during. I mean, no one got decapitated in my film, so shit. That's true. This I is got true. one on you. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this wonderful end of season okay. three. Let people know where to find us if you haven't already. For some reason, we are on Facebook and Twitter at Nineties Court. Uh, mm-hmm. Facebook is a group, very nice and active. It's lovely. Go over there and join. On Instagram, we are at Nineties Dot Court. Um, of course, there's also Patreon, which you can find at Patreon.com/slash Nineties Court. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, like Andy said earlier, we have uh, a lot of back episodes to listen to. You get some nice perks as well. And then don't forget, as always, that we have a merch store. Uh, there is a sale from March 24th through 27th. That is slash user slash the 90s court. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can get there yes. mugs, masks, shirts, sweatshirts, t shirts, tank tops. I think even pillows. Just get some stuff, man. It'll feel really good. Mm-hmm. Feel really good. Celebrate your one year of whatever the hell this has been. Um, <laughs> Here's a nice t-shirt. And then as always, we would really love it if you could leave us a nice five-star rating and review on iTunes. And yeah, um, yeah. thank you guys. Thank you guys. We love you so much. That's true. I'm going to be so sad to be so like, handsome. It, yes, they are. They are all of those things. Yes. They are. Um, As much as I love the show, I'm ready for a break, but I'm also going to be really sad <laughs> to take as long as the break as we're taking, but it'll be good to come back with fresh It's one of those starts. things that, like, yeah, you start, like, because at first you're like, fuck, it's so nice to have a week off, and then by the second week you're almost done, and you're like, 
All right, we need to get back to this. Yeah, so. <laughs> I miss this. I miss this very much. So, yep, we'll be back in three weeks, a two-week off break. We'll be back in three weeks with a new episode. Except season for you four. Patreons. We're oh, get Patreon. You a little bit quicker. We, we got you. We got you finally again. The ice the ice storm kicked my whole ass for an entire month. So Kisses. So many kisses. So many kisses. Thank you guys so much. That's the end of season three. We will be back again in three weeks with uh, episode 76 and the open of season four. Andy, mm-hmm. any season three parting remarks? It's been flavorful. Mm. <laughs> That's the way to close it out right there, ladies and gentlemen. It's been flavorful. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Bye. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye. Stay rad.